0: welcome everybody to episode number 265 of the sean sports stop podcast where your boy sean teplitsky reports the biggest news in sports and gives his whether you like it or not his unbiased or his unfiltered i should say opinion about everything going on it's a very exciting time for sports you know the month of october we have you know, Baseball playoffs in full swing. The basketball season is starting up again. Hockey season is starting. Football season is in full swing as well. Um, so with that said, let's get right into it. I'm also at the end going to cover all the matchups so far in the MLB playoffs. But starting off, we're going to start with some NBA basketball. The Los Angeles Lakers practice late game situations with LeBron James running the point and Anthony Davis handling the five on Thursday, according to Dave McMenamin of ESPN. James offered his comments after the session saying, quote, I mean, we have so many different lineup packages that we can probably go to throughout the course of the season. So we're just trying out a few things now in practice, going with smaller lineups, going with bigger lineups, going with quicker lineups, going with slower lineups. But that's the luxury of having our personnel. We have the ability to do multiple things. So that's what practice is all about, being able to work on those things. Per McMenamin, Lakers head coach Frank Vogel pitted the starters and reserves in late game scenario, in which the backup led 99-96 with two minutes left. Um, so that's that's that. It's It's been known that Anthony Davis is not keen on playing the center. That he would do so if if he would absolutely have to, if the team would need him to do that. And I think that shows great character. And I think that shows a team player and he's doing, he's willing to do whatever it takes to win the game and ultimately win a championship for the Lakers. And honestly, late game situations, it would be, it would be a sight to see with, you know, LeBron James playing point guard and Anthony Davis playing center for the Los Angeles Lakers under the bright lights of Hollywood. That would be, that will be, I should say something special. Now it's transitioning, transitioning to some baseball. Atlanta Brave center fielder Ronald Acuna Jr. did not have a good seventh inning on the bases during his during his team's 7-6 loss to the St. Louis Cardinals in Thursday's game one of the National League Division Series. "Quote: It is frustrating," first baseman Freddie Freeman said when discussing Acuna's failure to run out of the box in the frame, per Kevin McAlpin of 680 The Fan. "I think you have that conversation once. Kind of beat a dead horse if you keep having that same conversation over and over again." That can happen in the playoffs, can't happen in the regular season. So what happened was, I was actually watching this game when this happened, and I mean, I can't say I was surprised because, first of all, I've seen this with Manny Machado when he was on my Dodgers last season in the playoffs, not hustling out of the box. He thought he hit a homer, ended up being a single off the wall. So I can't say I'm surprised. Lots of baseball players are immature, or if they're not immature, they're you know pretty pompous and arrogant, so... 3-1 lead and he drilled a long fly ball to right field he thought it was a home run and admired it in the batter's box but only hit the wall he ended up settling for a single and was eventually doubled off second base on a hard hit line drive well those things happen in baseball Acuna said per Justin Felder at Fox 5 in Atlanta we're human we make mistakes so um that, that this shows that Freddie Freeman despite him possibly being He is still the undisputed leader of the Atlanta Braves. And this also shows that he's willing to say uh, whatever is on his mind if he feels that that is going to be better for the team, regardless of how politically correct it may or may not be. And I think that's very important uh, in a leader of a team. So, so yeah, I mean, that was crucial because who knows how that inning would have went if Acuna hustled, uh, you know, it could have been a double and then... If he doubled, then based on how the universe works, the next batter probably wouldn't have lined out into a double play. The Braves probably would have extended their lead uh, past 3-1. to one. And, you know, as we know, the Cardinals ended up winning that game 7-6. So that was a pretty pretty big moment in the game for sure. Switching gears to some football now. Some mind-boggling stuff, in my opinion, happening. In Washington, the Washington Redskins have ended the suspense over who their starting quarterback will be, as Colt McCoy has gotten the nod for Sunday's game against the New England Patriots. Head coach Jay Gruden announced Friday that McCoy will start over Dwayne Haskins and Case Keenum. Gruden told reporters Wednesday he wasn't ready to name a starter for Week 5 until he saw more from his quarterback, saying, I have to see some things for me to make the decision, and that'll come out here at practice tomorrow, hopefully after tomorrow's practice I'll have a good indication of who I want to play, so yeah, in my mind I have a pretty good plan, contrary to belief." Keenum started Washington's first four games, but it was removed in the second quarter last week against the New York Giants with a foot injury that had been bothering him heading into the game. Haskins made his NFL debut in taking over for Keenum, and his inexperience in the NFL definitely showed. He threw three interceptions in 17 pass attempts and finished with 107 yards. Uh, Gruden has seemed hesitant to test Haskins. He told reporters in March that developing a young quarterback wasn't something that interested him, saying, quote, there is no developmental process here. This is not AAA baseball. We're not trying to develop a pitcher here. We're trying to win a game right now. So I'm not sure. Lee Carpenter of the Washington Post added on Friday that Gruden, quote, did not want Haskins when the team drafted. Jay Gruden wants anything to do with Wayne Haskins. You know, I, I feel like Dave Gettleman and the New York, the New York Giants are really liking their their uh, their draft their first-round draft of Daniel Jones because Danny Dimes is balling, Dwayne Haskins is not. And personally, I did not expect this to be playing out this way, but we don't know how it will finish. Uh, switching gears now to more NBA. The NBA is looking to expand globally. At least slowly, so as the NBA prepares to play preseason games in India for the first time this weekend, the league is also looking at the possibility of doing more business in the country. For the undefeated Mark J. Spears commissioner Adam Silver said the NBA is giving quote, serious consideration to the launch of a league in India. Spears added that to state owner of the league, has had talked with Silver about the formation of a 12-team league in India that follow following the footsteps of basketball after the league, which will begin its first season in March of 2020. Aranadip added that he's had discussions with India Prime Minister Narendra Modi about building arenas in the country if the league forms. Per Spears, Silver's hope is the league can be up and running in five years, but India must first improve its arena infrastructure. That's important. The, the NBA had to bring in a scoreboard, hardwood floors, and other items for this weekend's preseason games. When the NBA and FIBA announced the formation of the Basketball Africa League in February of this year, which I covered on my podcast as well. Said quote as we've been talking about this concept over the last several months there's been a tremendous reception from several of our nba team owners several of our partners have also expressed an interest to work with us in africa the bal became a reality four years after the nba hosted its first ever exhibition game in the continent of africa in 2015 so the nba so nothing new here um with that i'm transitioning back to the nfl some bad news for the la rams and you know they lost two quick games after starting off 3-0 the Ra- la rams edge rusher clay matthews suffered a broken jaw during the team's 30-29 loss to the seattle seahawks on thursday night football at century link field head coach sean mcveigh told reporters on friday mcveigh said he believes Ma- that seahawks running back chris carson kicked matthews in the jaw and as a result a 33 year old will undergo surgery His first 10 years in the NFL with the Green Bay Packers. He's a six-time Pro Bowler, won the Super Bowl. He registered 83 and a half sacks in Green Bay, though he managed only three and a half last year, which was the lowest of his career. With Dante Fowler Jr. and Samson Ibukam also available, the Rams came into this season with a very solid group of pass rushers. So this is a pretty big loss for the Rams, but I'm happy that he's not out for the season. Forty-six weeks is manageable. And the Rams, you know, they suffered a tough loss. Um week four, they' Lost a shocker to Tampa Bay, giving up fifty-five points at home. Then a few days later, they marched to Seattle for Thursday night football, losing thirty to twenty-nine. Greg Zerline missed the game winning field goal. Um, but no, I can't say I can't say that I was that I'm too upset with him because if it wasn't for him, we would not have made the Super Bowl last season. Uh, you know, he kicked a, a very high pressure field goal against the New Orleans Saints in last year's NFC championship game. Pretty much as time was expiring from a pretty long distance, if I recall, if I remember correctly, you know, with the loudest fans in the NFL cheering against him. And then he ultimately won that game for the Rams in overtime. So with that, I'm going to be switching gears to the MLB playoffs, starting with the wildcard round, which I did not cover. The Washington Nationals beat the Milwaukee Brewers 4-3. to I watched this game entirely. I was on the plane from Florida coming back to home to Los Angeles watching this game. This was a game that I felt the Milwaukee Brewers, that that the Washington Nationals stole from the Milwaukee Brewers. I mean, the Nationals obviously had their ace in Max Scherzer pitching. The Brewers had Brandon Woodruff. The Brewers really jumped on Scherzer early, hitting two home runs in the first couple innings. Yes, Manny Grandel hit a two-run bomb. Eric Thames hit a home run. But that was it. I mean, that, that that was all Milwaukee did in terms of offense. They got three runs. In the two innings then they led. They led. They were up 3-0 Then in the third inning, Trey Turner hit a solo home run to complete the three one. And in the bottom of the eighth, they got really unlucky. They had Josh Hader in the game, their closer, no, their undisputed closer, uh, but Juan, Juan Soto. absolute pandemonium in the nation's capital and the nationals won a take all game ending a huge losing streak and they finally won one of those at home so because of that they advanced to play the la dodgers the nl's best team in the national league division series which i'll get to in a second in the other wild card game on wednesday the tampa bay rays beat the oakland athletics 5-1 yandy diaz had a great game, hitting two home runs. Tommy Pham contributed as well. As for the Oakland Oakland A's, Sean Meninia was not roughed up, but you know he gave up four runs in three innings, so he was taken out. And as for the A's, I mean, they only had one RBI from Ramon Laureano, so that's obviously not enough. Having guys like Chris Davis, Jerickson Profar, Mark Connor, Matt Olson, Matt Chapman, Marcus Simeon, having all those guys on your team, putting up one run in the biggest game of the season is inexcusable so then in the nl division series i covered that the cardinals beat the braves seven to six in atlanta in game one as for the nationals and dodgers the dodgers took care of business 6-0 in game one at home Uh, the nationals were held to only two hits walker bueller pitched another gem in the playoffs the dodger bullpen was good as well joe kelly was solid jock peterson and gavin lux each hit solo home runs max muncie drove in a few runs so overall across the board it was a great game for the dodgers but the same thing cannot be said about game two uh then yesterday it is as i'm recording this it's october 5th 2019 yesterday in the first game of one of the two alds series the houston astros you know to no one's surprise took care of the tampa bay rays six to two for the for the rays austin meadows and eric Sogard each had an RBI. But for the Astros, you know, having Jose Altuve hit a home run, Ila Guriel and Jordan Alvarez had a good game as well. And obviously, Justin Verlander was Justin Verlander pitching seven innings, allowing only one hit, three walks, and eight strikeouts. I mean, when he pitches like that and you have an offense like the Astros, like the Astros do, you 100% expect to win that game. Uh, then in Game 2 of the NLDS between the Cardinals and Braves, the Braves bounced back with a 3-0 shutout win over the cardinals the cardinals had did have six hits but no runs to show for it so it is 1-1 going back to two games in st louis for the braves it was josh donaldson who had an rbi and adam duvall who was a pinch hitter had two rbis so big bounce back win for the braves then in game one of the other ALDS series the bronx bombers the new york yankees took care of business against the minnesota twins 10 to 4 it was a close game early on the twins were up two nothing but the yankees put up three runs in the th- three runs in the third inning two runs in the fifth and sixth each, three in the seventh, and that adds up to 10. Uh, for the Twins, Jorge Polanco and Nelson Cruz drove in the drove in three runs. Miguel Sano hit a solo home run as well. But for the Yankees, DJ LeMay, who drove in four. Brett Gardner, Edwin Encarnacion contributed as well. Gleyber Torres had a two-run double. So the Yankees' offense was just too much for the Minnesota Twins. I don't think the Twins have great pitching. And as a as result, I believe this will be a pretty easy... For the Yankees. Then in game two between the Nationals and Dodgers, the Nationals bounced back with a 4 2 win over the Dodgers. This was a game where the Nationals had to throw everything they had again. To DC down 0-2 and it worked. They survived. Daniel Hudson survived a bases loaded jam in the bottom of the ninth. Corey Seager couldn't win the game for the Dodgers. For the Nationals, Adam Eaton and Anthony Rendon each drove in a run. Howie Kendrick and Azrubal Cabrera did as well. For the Dodgers, their only runs was a sacrifice fly by Justin Turner and a solo home run by Max monty in the seventh inning, which I thought would um, give the Dodgers the win. I thought the momentum would shift in their favor. Clayton Kershaw was solid, six innings pitched, six hits, three earned runs, one walk, and four strikeouts, but unfortunately, he gave up two runs in the second inning that were the difference, but personally, I think the reason the Dodgers lost the game was because of the offense, they struck out a total of 17 times, breaking the record for most strikeouts in a postseason game in franchise history, I mean, for the Nationals, Steven Strasburg pitched out of his mind, six innings pitched, three hits, one earned run, no walks, 10 strikeouts, So this series is tied at one going back to D.C. Uh, It's very exciting. I'm a huge Dodger fan. I would absolutely hate for the Dodgers to lose this series. But it's definitely an exciting one, to say the least. Uh, Then later today, in in exactly one hour from right now, at 2.07 p.m., the Twins and Yankees, uh, Game 2, Masahiro Tanaka is pitching for the Yankees. And then at 6.07 p.m., five hours from now, it is the Rays and the Astros in Game 2 of their series. So ladies and gentlemen, this is all we have. For this episode of Sean Sports Stop number 265. Thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, I'll see you guys in the next one. Thank you.